My next guest wants to keep you out of marriage therapy, and she's a marriage therapist. Dr. Liz Hale has four small but scientifically proven ways to strengthen your relationship, and with those suggestions, a message for any couple who feels on the brink. Great to see you always, yeah, Lizzie. Nice you. There's a science to love. There is, isn't it exciting? So there's actually, I mean, this is just this great little book from John and Julie Gottman. I wanted to bring it to your attention before I bring you their next book, which is almost about out called uh, the, the Fight Right, I believe. Okay. So I'm excited, but this is just seven principles that you can do uh, for a whole week, one every day, and it makes a huge difference in your marriage. So tried and true. The book, we'll see a uh, copy yep. of it on the screen, and sure. it is based on the scientifically proven techniques, oh, goodness. strategies. Yeah, exactly. What, what was that? 3,000 couples in the love lab, you know, 70,000 couples otherwise that were about ready to go into marriage therapy. So it's just, it's impressive what he's come up with, with um, what makes marriage thrive. You see there's a misconception, Liz, that you yeah. only need help in your marriage if you're having problems. If things are hard, if things that's are right. rough, that's when we grab a book like that or we right. land in your office. And we, I would think we always need help, right? It could be a very new relationship, it could be a seasoned relationship that's going pretty well, and it could be a relationship that's in dire straits. But let's just look about the rest of our life, Brooke. So we take good care of our homes, right, our bodies, our yards. Um, our children. So why not do that for marriage? Look at how much care we give our cars, right? Before they break down, we get the oil changes and the tune-ups and the th same thing we need to do for marriage. What would you say, Liz, to a couple who is really in the thick of it? In fact, they're wading through problems so heavy that they might feel like that window for help has passed, like too little, too late. Yeah. You know, it's very rare to come across a couple in marriage therapy where it's too little, too late. Very rare. Very rare, unless both people are throwing in the towel. And we do see that, right? But the good news for, for couples that are really in this rocky period of time is that they have the most to gain from these principles. Mm. So it's really quite exciting. What if you have a one partner in and one partner out situation yes. where somebody wants to seek the therapy, read the book, try these right. challenges, and the other partner just isn't feeling that effort? Yeah, well, that, that could be Liz and Ben. I mean, let me tell you, how many books, marriage books with my husband? been Ben read? Zero. Right? Zero. <laughs> and he doesn't have to. I'm the one that's passionate about marriage. And even just one person can change uh, connection. And we become eventually kind of mirrors for our partners as well. Mm. But if you really want your husband to, to take part in this book, here's, here's something that you can tell them, and this is the truth, is that, honey, people who have read this book and, and done these activities, they report more successful sex lives. Oh. And it has nothing to do with sex. So okay. stay tuned. Okay, all more. right. Well, you've plucked from the pages of that book that yeah. you're recommending your favorite suggestions and this first practice you call the biggest predictor of happiness in marriage. You have my attention with That's that. That's right. It's all about turning towards, right? Mm -hmm. There's really three ways to respond for a bid for connection. So will you help me out with a little? Sure. It's probably best just to do it. So you're going to just say one statement, right, three times. Okay. Right, like, oh, look at that beautiful bird. Okay. And so I'm going to show you turning um, away, turning against, and turning towards. So let's okay. go. Okay, all right. Uh, Liz, look at that beautiful bird. Oh, gosh, my nails are just Liz, look at that beautiful bird. So that's turning away. Okay. Okay. Turning against. Let's do that. Liz, now. look at that beautiful bird. Oh my God, Brooke, can't you tell me? Can't you see that I'm studying here? I'm so nervous. Ah, please. That's turning against. Turning against. Yeah. So now turning towards. Liz, look at that beautiful bird. That is a beautiful bird. You're right. Yeah. And it doesn't take much. It could even just be, huh, yeah. It doesn't take much, that turning towards where it feels like, gosh, we're in this together and not alone. And you really pay attention. You really care what I care about. And that was a small... Very small. 
you know, in the moment example, look yeah. at the bird, but do those add up over time? They do, just like just like the turning against, like, ah, oh, can't you see I'm studying? Yeah. Those add up over time as well. So it's kind of a stop and drop, like whatever yeah. I'm doing, I'm gonna try to turn toward when I can. Very much so. You know, it's interesting because in the Love Lab, those couples who turn towards each other, like, oh yeah, I, I, that's a beautiful bird. Yeah. 86% of them were successfully married. And 33% of the time, couples divorced. So it's mm. quite it's quite significant. Mm. You say if you want to boost your marriage, don't ask how are you, right. but instead ask the who are you yeah, question. Who are you, right? The big open-ended questions. And I think this is so fun. You know, you can really get these free questions on the Gottman card deck, mm. card deck on your phone. That's it's an a app? free app. Yep, I love it. And they have these actual open-ended questions. You know, some are like, what are some unfulfilled things in your life? And I think we have a few for our viewers that we'll put up. Just things that you can, how how can I get to know you better? It's called that love map, right? And sometimes these, these questions like these here, they will bring up stark differences. Like John and Julie, they had this big fight when they were first married and they actually went to see a marriage therapist. Oh, interesting. Yes, because she wanted to have a small cabin in the woods. And he said, absolutely not. And they just fought about it and they fired the marriage therapist because it was very ineffective. And they actually went home and they started to really look at the dreams and the nightmares of a cabin, really trying to dig deep underneath. And I won't go into all the details, but there were some vast differences. And they actually came to an agreement that she got her little cabin in the woods and he got a kosher style home. Mm -hmm. And it was really important to him as a Jewish man. So it's kind of interesting that we talk about dreams and nightmares. And again, 87% of the time, it led to a breakthrough in marriage. Mm -hmm. So just be willing to dig a little bit deeper. Like, why is this so important to you? And why is it so important to you that we not do this? Yeah, and I think that's a good push for anyone in a seasoned relationship. Like you think you know Absolutely. this person inside and out, yeah. but you point out that curiosity can continue to deepen that relationship as long as there's questions to ask and conversations to have, and there always yes. are. It's always that, you know, that um, adage of get curious, not furious. Right? Yeah, I like that. So and we're always changing. So right. that's what the love maps are kind of fun. That's part of the Gottman card deck. Okay, all right, we'll look, we'll look into that. Uh, we talked about predictors of marriage happiness. I'm curious to know if there are predictors of divorce. Yeah, absolutely, and it has all to do about the brain. It's a negative sentiment override versus the positive sentiment override. Am I really looking at the positive things about my partner? We have to really, really kill the criticism, if you will. Put, it, put a ban on criticism and really start to look and start to really spy on your partner. Like, what are they doing right? What do I love about them? Or remind yourself, why did I marry this person? Mm -hmm. You know, I had a couple recently, and boy, everything, every topic that we came up, he had such a negative view of her. Again and again, how she volunteered in the community, how she worked her job, how she cooked, how she cleaned. And I finally put it out. I said, what do you think that's about? Because there's always a reason why we do what we do, right? Sure, sure. And even one day she called him because they were separated. And she says, you know, I, I need you to come. Please show me how to do, how to work the, the snow. What's that called? The uh, snow. The snowblower? Yeah, the snowblower. Thank yeah. you. See, I don't even know how to work. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> the snowblower. And he immediately thought, oh, she's just planning to leave me. She wants me to teach her this so she can just have this chance to leave me and it really wasn't even that she just said you're gonna leave for the weekend and we're expecting snow I yes. don't know how to do this yeah so it's understanding getting underneath it well getting underneath it and just remembering it's like oh my gosh I love this person and these are the things I love about them and really make a bam put a moratorium on negativity and see what happens in your marriage okay all right I like that challenge mm -hmm. you say the most popular drug or powerful drug rather in marriage 
isn't S-E-X, but it's just touch. Yes, that's right. Even non-sexual touch, or I guess it could be even sexual touch, but touch is like oxygen to a marriage. It's powerful and it's soothing. We've got functional MRI studies that prove it. A busy couple came into therapy and they were close, but they were disconnected because she was taking care of the kids and he was building a business. And at the end of the day, it's all they could do to get kids you know, fed, bathed, in bed, and get bills paid, and return emails, and, and whatnot, and they were just exhausted. So they did a big blitz on just mini touches. So every time they, they pass each other, they would touch. A quick kiss here, a quick mm. kiss there, a hug. Um, and then when whoever would come home last at the end of the day, they'd announce, okay, I'm here, and they'd walk in, and all the kids and their partner would come running. The partner and they too. Would, yes, it would just be <laughs> darling, and the kids would love to just dance around their parents having this big hug in the Aww. middle of the room. And the kids started saying every time they came home from school, I'm home, I'm here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty cute. So it's just those small things. It turned out that the 70,000 person study on sex turned out not to even be about sex. It was the cuddling. Mm. Um, cuddling was a really big deal mm. in addition to hand-holding and kissing and soft touches. Yeah. So it wasn't the sex so much that led people to say, we have a great sex life. Interesting. It was the cuddling, was the cuddling more than anything. It was the touch. Yes. Well, what's interesting about all of these challenges, and I think they're really, what? I think they're really hopeful. I think they, they they're so really hopeful. charging. Yep. And you look at these big studies, and they were big studies, yep. and it comes down to small things like cuddling over sex or I mean, those yep. little things. Yep, that's what Gottman say all the time is small things yeah. often. Yeah. Small things often one way or the other, right? It mm -hmm. determines whether we thrive or whether we dive. All right, Liz, thank you so much. Yeah, so We're going to post a link to all of the resources mentioned and these challenges too for you on mm -hmm. our website if you want to take them together as a couple.